And I'd like to minister to you for just a couple of minutes regarding what I believe the Spirit of the Lord has ministered to me of what's happening in some people's lives. There's no doubt about it. We're living in a very pressured time. It's one thing to say, keep your eyes on Jesus, everything will be okay. But truly when you're faced with what we're being faced with today, the cunningness of the enemy, you would have thought that Adam and Eve would have been able to have withstood the enemy, right? And sometimes we give them a bad rap, we give them a bad deal, but we're no different. We're still suspect or susceptible to the sway of the times. We've no idea how truly a genius that the enemy is. We've no way of truly knowing how he's able to twist and to turn, to warp. But that's what he does, and that's what he does best. And what we have to do in this time is to withstand him, to withstand the pressure of the times. To know, like scripture says in the book of Hebrews chapter four, is there's a faith, the rest of faith that we can enter into. But to know this also, that he said that this word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. So what he tells us is truly this, that you will know what is what and who the pressure is from. You see, all pressure is not bad. There is a pressure that comes upon us to help shape us, change us. Scripture tells us that we're forged by fire. But yet there's another pressure that comes and that is very satanic. And scripture leads us to the thought of rightly dividing the word and knowing in such a way what is it that the Lord is doing? And what is it that the devil is doing? And where is the pressure coming from? I can add in a third that there's self-induced pressure. Pressure that was never asked of externally. It was just something that you brought on yourself. So when we look at there is pressure that comes from God it's a pressure that builds capacity. It's a pressure that, that changes you, that shapes you. That's one thing. Is it easy? No. There's nothing truly easy in this life except never getting out of bed. But then there's this other satanic pressure that we have to know is very devilish and will cash in on the third one that I spoke to you about, self-induced. Because no matter what pressure you bring on yourself, the enemy will see to it that he breaks you. If you don't learn how to rightly divide and locate what's happening. You see, I've been watching a lot over these last weeks and months, I've been telling you. One of the words that the Lord gave me was, Paul, people need to be watching. A lot of people's doing a lot of praying, but not everybody's watching. And what are we watching? We're watching in the spirit, we're watching what's going on. I want you to go with me, please, to Second Corinthians 12. This is so powerful. We can just put it up on the screens if we can. We're just going to go to verse 7. We're going to read verse 8. We're going to read verse 9. I want you to see this. And to keep me, this is the Apostle Paul, and to keep me from being puffed up and too much elated by the exceeding greatness 
preeminence of these revelations, there was given to me a thorn, a splinter in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. A messenger of Satan. A messenger of Satan. This messenger of Satan was sent to do what? To rack and to buffet and harass me and to keep me from being excessively exalted. So in one side of things, we have to understand is that there is something of a satanic nature that wants to come against not only those in the fivefold ministry, but also those that are part of the body of Christ. Those who work very closely with those like myself, those who work closely in your business with you. We have to identify what's going on. Why do I feel this pressure? Why do I constantly feel this harassment? Why do I constantly feel like I'm going two steps forward and six back? Why is it that nothing is working? Well, it's, it's not because you're not in the will of God. It's because of the geniusness of these satanic beings that we think on a good day we can outsmart. But all you have to take a look at is that the couple that started everything, that had everything, and they even had God himself walking in the coolness of the day, visiting them for supper. And they still succumbed to a moment where a guard was possibly dropped and eyes looked somewhere where they should not have. And the very thing that was asked of them not to touch, they touched. You see, I've learned in my life that there are those things that I better not look at. I've learned in my life that there are those things that it's not good for me to look at and it's not good for me to touch. Then we can go over to 2 Corinthians 4. Well, let me just go back there just a couple of minutes. In 2 Corinthians 12, and it says in verse 8, three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this and begged that it might depart from me. But he said to me, my grace and my favor and my loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and my power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is not about us looking strong. This is about him making us strong. Every single one of us is working through something. It's either the enemy coming against us. It's either the expectations of ourselves within us or the power of God at work to shape us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Father. So go over with me to 2 Corinthians 4. And you know this portion of scripture very well, but I'm gonna read it again because it's so powerful in the light of everything that we're saying today, it's so powerful. Therefore, since verse one, you can put it up on the screens, thank you. Therefore, since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, granting us favor, benefits and opportunities and especially salvation, we do not get discouraged, spiritless and despondent with fear or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. 
You see, God did not send that messenger of Satan. That was sent satanically from the enemy to stop Paul, to cause him to be distracted and to cause him to be devastated. What Paul was simply saying was, I asked the Lord to take it away. And when the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, he wasn't saying to him, I'm not taking it. Basically, in the threads of scripture and the understanding of scripture, what the father told Paul was, you have the authority to command that messenger of Satan to leave. You have it. You're asking me to do it when you have the authority to do it. But he didn't leave him just with the revelation that he had the authority. He left them with the revelation that he had the Father's strength. I want you to lift your hands and receive this right now. I have the Father's strength. How many people believe this today? I have. And I have the strength to deal with the enemy in whatever way he needs dealt with in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So he's saying here, we don't become discouraged. I got out of bed, I believe it was Tuesday morning, in the hotel going to the minister's conference, and I jumped on prayer coach and I gave them a word that the Lord had given me. And the word of the Lord was this, to take authority over the giant of discouragement. Now, I didn't feel discouraged in one way. I'm like, is something coming? Is something happening? What's going on? I didn't necessarily believe it's for me. I still don't believe it's necessarily for me, but I believe it's for the body of Christ. And when I was speaking it, there was a specific anointing that came that I believe that the body of Christ has to rise and slay that giant of discouragement in the mighty name of Jesus. Say that with me today. I slay the giant of discouragement. Now with this in mind, let's go to chapter one again here in 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, granting us favor, benefits, and opportunities, and especially salvation, we do not get discouraged, spiritless and despondent with fear, or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. Then he goes into verse 2 and he says this, We have renounced disgraceful ways, secret thoughts, feelings, desires, and underhandedness, the methods and the arts that men hide through shame. We refuse to deal craftily, to practice trickery and cunning, or to adulterate or handle dishonestly the Word of God. But we state the truth. Everybody say that with me. We state the truth openly and clearly and candidly. And so we commend ourselves in the sight and the presence of God to every man's conscience. Verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves merely as your servants, slaves for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. Now look at this in verse 7 on the screens, please. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels. I love this because this speaks to the frailty of our humanity. Remember, we're only strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We in ourselves and a flesh, humanity, in the frailty of man, we're not trying to be strong. Our strength is not in our humanity. Our strength is in his divinity. Our strength is in his power. 
And it says here, in the frailness of uh, the human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from who? God. God. And not from who? Ourselves. Look what he says now. We are hedged in, pressed on every side. We're troubled and oppressed in every way. This is amazing. The man who, who wrote most of the New Testament, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. That has to be, there were moments he did not know what to do. I'm reading it to you again. We are perplexed and unable to find a way out. There were moments that he didn't know what to do, but he was what? Not driven to despair. I declare it over you today. You will never be driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We were struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. And we always carried about in the body the liability and the exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth and by and in our bodies. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced through our flesh, which is liable to death. I declare it that resurrection life is manifesting in our lives. Shout it out, resurrection life is manifesting in our lives. Come on, you may be pressed, you may be persecuted, but you're not abandoned. There may be things that are going on that are hard. You may be under tremendous pressure. Your soul may be under tremendous pressure to the point that you want to break. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The answers are not in your mind. The answers are in your spirit. And what Satan wants to do is he wants to send these messengers. One word for this, when I looked it up, was accusers. Before you even listen to someone else, you have to deal with the accusation of your own mind, of your own soul. How many people's ever had to deal with that? So you have to slay that sucker before you move on to anything else. And how do you slay the sucker in your mind? You crucify your flesh. You bring it under into subjection of the word of God. Second Corinthians 10, three, four, and five. You lead away every thought captive casting down every vain imagination that exalts itself the true knowledge of God. So we know that the enemy, like what he tried to do with the apostle Paul, like what the enemy tried to do in Genesis three, with Eve, we know that he will try to do it with you. He'll try to do it with me. And that's why when the spirit of God comes to us and he said, watch and pray. There's a reason. Because sometimes you can be praying, 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 and if you're not watching, see, praying is not feeding you. Prayer is working with the Father. But prayer doesn't feed you food for spiritual life. Yes, you can pray the word, that'll add, that'll benefit. But what feeds us spiritually is the word of Almighty God. 
It is the word that brings the light. It's the word that brings the illumination. It's the word that causes us to see because it causes everything to compartmentalize. Now look at this with me, please. In James chapter one, you all doing okay? Anybody getting anything out of this? James chapter one, you can thank the Lord for this. James chapter one, verses three to four. Put it on the screens for me, please. Thank you, you're doing such a great job. The Amplified Classic says this, be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. Oh, wait a minute. You mean I have to deal with God's workings too? You see, I would love to just have had my children and let them do anything they wanna do Imagine as toddlers, them getting up in the, in the morning and wrecking the house. And us just saying, oh, it's great. Daddy will buy a new sofa because you cut the life out of the last one. Taking a knife from the kitchen drawer and cutting, you know, the, the carpet and all of, how many people knows that's never gonna work in our house? I don't know. There's this thing within the body of Christ, within the faith world that is, that there's no correction that seems to want to come from the Father. That there's no test that wants to come from the Father. Well, I disagree. I believe that he wants us to prove certain things, not only to him, but prove things to ourselves. How many people would agree that Abraham passed a test? How many people knows that was quite a test? Yes, yes, yes. And how many people would agree that you're maybe getting the opportunity to pass tests right now? Well, how many people believe you're doing good with those tests? Do you know what I've learned in Karen's and my relationship, even as a married couple? That we're not being tested all the time together. We're not getting a joint test, always. So I've learned over the years that I have to be very cautious how we talk so that God has his perfect way in Karen and I don't try to remove her from the work that God is trying to do. Lift your hands if you understand what I'm saying. Do you know why I say these things? Because we can talk it out and what God is doing in our lives, we can make that someone else's issue. We can make that the devil's issue. But yet what God is trying to do is he's trying to grow you. He's trying to grow you. You've asked him to use you. You've asked him, you've agreed to do certain things. Therefore, you don't come with all parts assembled. You are a work in progress. And we never can get to a place where we start to dictate to the work and say that's enough. So you have this pressure from Satan that's coming. You have messengers of Satan that wants to buffet. Now you have the work of God working, which is the ultimate, right? Yep, yep. And he is working in you yes, to will yes. and to do his good pleasure. Yes. So powerful. And sometimes this is the worst one because this is the dying of self. Just when you thought you were dead, 
you find parts of you that are alive. That's right, that's right. Wave at me if you understand what I'm talking about. If you can't say, oh, wow, say, oh, me, oh, my, oh. Just when you think you were dead, you find parts of you that are scratching the top of the coffin. Just when you think you have sacrificed everything of yourself, you want to start taking some of your life back. But you prayed prayers, I give my all, I give everything. I lay nothing of my own, I lay it all on the altar. You see, these days that we're in are not friendly. They are treacherous days. I want you to lift your hand and say, I'm going to make it. Oh, shout it out. I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to make it all the way. Lock, stock, and barrel. In the name of Jesus, there may be a little bit of furniture being thrown over the side of the ship, but I'm telling you, every one of us are going to retain our lives. In the name of Jesus, you may have lost a little boat, ladies and gentlemen, but you're going to make it to the shore. In the name of Jesus, come on, shout it out. I believe that the greatest days are right up ahead. In the name of Jesus, said again, the greatest days are right up ahead. His presence changes everything. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you, Lord. You all doing okay? So verse 2 says this. Well, verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve, tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion, greetings rejoice. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. And then it says this, but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play to do a thorough work. Everybody say that, a thorough work. Now, how many people knows that this is not easy? It's not. I could write multiple books. Kyle, you want a book? I could write a volume of books on this subject. Because the denial of self is daily, sometimes multiple times a day. There are times when Karn and myself want to be together. And guess what? The call. Something has to be done. If we don't do it, who does? Well, one of the team, but they have lives too. So at what point does it let up? You see, ladies and gentlemen, you have a business. It's different when you own your own business because responsibility of a nature comes to you that's not there when you work for someone else. A farmer, a farmer doesn't even get Christmas day because he has responsibility for the farm, for the fields, for the animals. At what time do you say, I don't wanna be a farmer anymore? your hands and receive this because as a born-again believer a child of Almighty God when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior we entered into a battlefield and you have the attack of the enemy that is coming 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 and then we have the training of the Lord the training 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 
How many times have we heard since COVID, the body is not ready? How many people's heard that? How many people's even said that? I don't like how we went into COVID and I certainly don't like how we came out of it. And if they say there's another pandemic coming this year, how are we poised? How are we fixed? Because are you stronger today than you were yesterday? Is this work that I'm talking about taking its effect in you? Because I can't tell you how many times I wanted to take my life back. And I've had to hold myself on the altar and say, this is another day of crucifixion. This is another day of slaying Paul Brady. Because the want, when the excitement of the moment is over, when the excitement of realizing that you're called is over, when the excitement of finding out the will of God for your life is over, then the work kicks in. After starting that business, praise God, no boss now, I'm the boss, I can do it. And then you realize three, five, six months, one year out, that being the boss is not just so fun. Because now you have to find your salary. Now you have to find all of these responsibilities. Now you have to fulfill all responsibilities. Say, Pastor, this is above my pay grade this morning. No, I'm telling you in June, you're gonna be glad of this message because you're gonna be victorious all this year. In September, you're gonna be glad of this message because you're gonna be victorious all this year. Do you know in 1 Samuel, verse 30, in chapter, in, in, uh, verse Samuel, uh, chapter 30, when, when, when David came back to Ziglag and they were tired and they had been fighting and they had realized that their families were gone, the houses were burned, their possessions were gone, they were better off or worse off. David with tears running down his face encouraged himself in the Lord because what faced him was discouragement on all sides. Don't play with the devil, ladies and gentlemen. He is not a kind person. He is a being and he is a fallen being and he is here to destroy. He is here to kill. He is here to steal. He is here to rob. He is not here to let and to play tiddlywinks with you. He is not here so that you can just have your fun times and your fun relationships. He's not here to let you have what your little business. He's not here just to let us have a move of God in Tulsa. He's here to mess. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm done with them in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up the blood this morning. Shut it out. I plead the blood. Say it again. I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my mind. I plead the blood over my emotions. I plead the blood over my life. I'm going to make it. My family's going to make it in the name of Jesus. And I am born of the heritage of faith. And I know in whom I believe. And I know he is well able. And I am born for this Shut it out. I am born for this. I am born for this. You were born with the fight in the inside of you. You were born again with the equipment of heaven, and he gave you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Amen. I'm telling you, don't be moved by the attacks of the enemy. Don't be moved by the messengers of Satan. Don't be moved by those things, those beings that the devil sends your way to stop you. But don't stop the work of Christ. Allow the work of Christ to fight of heaven to burn within you. Look at this in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. I hope you got something out of this. You see, I wish it was just showing up and having a good time at church. <laughs> and we do. 
but there's something so much more going on. God is a plan and he's the master planner. He's the master planner. He's the master planner. So pastor, uh, uh, this is a little bit, what do you think? You know, as pastor, you know what I'm reaching for? That every one of us is gonna make it through these next years. I'm reaching for you as Christ reaches through me. I'm reaching for you. Do you know, Karen's my heart is completely committed to the plan and the purpose of God for each and every one of us. There's nothing we want more than to see the fulfillment of the plan of God in each and every person's life. But we'll never do this without an army mentality. I'm not talking about militancy. I'm talking about being the army of the Lord. And yes, the army of the Lord needs to rest also. And we can choose our times to rest and rest well. But the physical rest is nothing if you don't enter into the spiritual rest. You can lie in your bed from now until three weeks from now and still not be rested. Because the fight needs to turn in your favor and so that you are spiritually riding it victoriously. And when you do that, then you can go to bed and sleep a beautiful sleep in the Lord, knowing that all is well. So first Peter, This was longer than what I intended. Well, it's okay. We're in here to three o'clock today. It would change our world if we were. For six. Well. Piastumbando fotofamiestia. Verse 3. Praised, honored, and blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5, you are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith. God's power through your? God's power through your? Till you fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. You should be exceedingly glad on this account, though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory, honor, when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one is revealed. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exult and thrill with an expressible and glorious triumphant heavenly joy. Can I have a big amen? So pressure. There's pressure coming from the enemy. There's good pressure coming from the Lord. It's a pressure that shapes. Have you ever went to a place of employment? And man, you enjoyed it until the pressure came on. 
That's not a time to knock your employer upside the head. That's a time to realize that I'm possibly being shaped. I'm possibly being trained. The best of me is probably about to be revealed because I'm going to find things about myself that I would never have found about me unless I was tried by this fire. You see, unless gold is put under that heat, then the impurities are never revealed. And I think in this modern church world, we've forgot these things. We're so into the blessing, and yes, we should be. We're so into faith, and yes, we should be. We're so into all of these trimmings and trappings, and yes, we should be. But we need to be into foundational things as well. And never forget that we are stuck in the middle of a fight. Assured of the victory, given the weapons of heaven, given the very name that is above every name, we have the very power of attorney to operate as God operates himself. I mean, if there ever was or, or, or was a people, it's the end time church. But I also believe, not us here, but somebody that's listened to this somewhere else. I also believe we've become a little spoiled. Possibly. Just to always think that it's all bubbles and froth. And that everything is good. And that anything is bad. Oh. You see, God's not bad. But he's a loving Heavenly Father. And if there's things that I need corrected in my life, then he needs to correct them. Or I'm just a sitting duck for the devil. Because if I continue on in disobedience, acting in a way that I, that I didn't even know I, sh I, I, I had to change, then I'm just a sitting duck for the devil. See, how many people's grateful for the leading of the Lord? Let me see your hand. How many people's grateful to be in a room like this this morning where the truth is being spoken? You see, to rightly divide this is this. There's the attack of the enemy. Know it for what it is. Work with discernment. Know what's happening. Take a step back. Breathe. Inhale. Exhale. What is happening? Where is this coming from? You see, doom will never come from the Father. I'm going to say that again, doom, a sense of doom or dread never comes from the Father. Even if you're here right now and you have a sense of doom or dread, it's not the Father. It's not your pastor. It's something else that is trying to cash, cash in. Some wires have touched that never should have touched. And that's what the enemy is so good at. He is so good at messing up hardware. He causes people to think wrong, causes people to look at things wrong. You used to look at things right, and then all of a sudden, you're looking at it, why am I looking at it like that? You never used to see anything wrong with the person, and then all of a sudden, you start to see some wrong things? Well, you know it's not God revealing wrong stuff. It's the enemy. Because the enemy's coming to what? Steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they might have and life in till the, till the overflow. Shut it out. This year, I'm going to have overflow in every area of my life. I'm going to live life to the full till it overflows in every area of my life. In the name of Jesus, come on, shut it out. I believe this is my best year yet. I'm seated and clothed and in my right minds. I have the mind of Christ and I know all things. And just like the Apostle Paul, amen, even if I don't know what I need to know, I'm not going to get in despair. Because the spirit of the one who knows everything 
is in the inside of me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So you have the attack of the enemy. You have that pressure. Then you have the personal pressure, the personal expectation, that personal. How many people have ever found that to be the worst? It's a wild one. Then you have the workings of the Father. And all the Father's doing is producing goodness, producing the best version of you, producing stickability, tenacity, fortitude, producing a warrior of an end time nature, producing one that can see by the eye of faith, producing one that can see correctly in the midst of heat, in the midst of pressure, in the midst of the moment, someone that can actually see accurately, someone that can actually, what was it the prophet said to Gehazi? Open his eyes that he can see that there is more for us than against us. Do you know what I pray for those that work with me? Open their eyes, Father. Just open their eyes, open their eyes. But the moment that you see, the moment is you become responsible for that. And with spiritual weight becomes a spiritual accountability. It means you can't act like you did four years ago because you know too much. You become responsible for too much knowledge. So the only direction that we have to go, ladies and gentlemen, is forward. It's forward. Pray with me in the spirit right now, all over this room. This is the word of the Lord. And he's setting us up for victory. He's setting us up for victory. He's setting us up for victory after victory after victory after victory physically emotionally relationally financially in every area of our lives he's setting us up 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 posha le pene He's setting you up in business. He's setting you up in ministry. He's setting you up in life. He's setting you up as your families. He's setting you up as parents. Parents, you're not going to fail your children. Children, you're not going to fail your parents. Come on, siblings. He's setting us up stronger than what we've ever been. Come on, sickness is not going to stop us. Amen. Come on, infirmity is not going to stop us. A few bad days are not going to stop us. Come on. If the Apostle Paul can make it, we can make it. If anyone can make it, come on bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name there is the spirit of an overcomer in the inside of you you are rising ladies and gentlemen there's a great work of God the great work of Christ himself that has taken place within you don't be feeling bad about a few bad moments don't be feeling bad about falling down don't be feeling bad about being discouraged don't be feeling bad about what's going on just know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. He is causing you to rise. He is causing you to attain. He is causing you to make it and you will make it and you will get to the end. You will be every step of the way and he will be a burning fire within you in the name of Jesus for the Lord is a consuming fire. many people got something out of this today wow wow wow
Come on, help me pray just for a few moments. In Galatians 4, the Apostle Paul says this, that I travailed at Christ, that you would come to Christ. And he says, I continue to travail that Christ be formed within you. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. There's a move of prayer that's coming to planet Earth. The body of Christ is going to rise like the world has never seen. And I believe we're among those numbers. And that's why God has planned this. And I pray today with all my heart that you receive this with the spirit of meekness that I received it. And I have resorted because just like the Apostle Paul, I am the chiefest. And I do not say these words to you without the self-examination of myself. And as I say to you daily and weekly and monthly, I bring myself before him to see what it is that I need to tweak and what I need to do and what it is that needs to be done in my life. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the heart that began to pump years and years ago after the Father is the same heart that pumps today. I love him more today than what I've ever loved him. And I remember that scripture in Philippians came alive to me in chapter 3, where after 30 years it says, the Apostle Paul says that I may know him in the power and demonstration. Amen. He wanted to know him more after 30 years than what he did previously 30 years ago. I declare that that's going to be your story in the name of Jesus. I declare that that's going to be your family's story in the name of Jesus. I declare that that's going to be your children's passion in the name of Jesus. Come on. We're not of those who allow our heads to hang low. We're not of those that wring our hands and walk about in despair. We're the people of Almighty God. We're the ones who sing and shout and dance. We're the ones that have given ourselves to His plan and His purpose. We're the ones who have said, use me, use me for your glory. Use me, Father, for your glory. Use me, Father, for your glory. Use me in whatever way that is. Whatever way that is, and whatever cost that has to be paid, and Father, you use me in the name of Jesus to the glory and the honor of your purpose in Jesus' precious name.